Burn that rubber like I'm Michelin Five star food that I dish to them Chef's that gone when I whip into the kitchen And I switch suits like I'm Mr. Ben Ten ten give a shift up to fifth Blues in the rear and I'm swerving the mains like Tokyo Drift Took a shot, but he missed Then made love to the grain and kissed the girl Bust the word, I dodge your case So I flip the bird, grab the bing Get back to work and I'm switching lanes And I black out hurt I'll hurt him One thing's for sure and two things for certain Money gets made in the packs I'm serving And mess with a cake and I bet I'm a burger Welcome back to the Wobble Flag You Do podcast. I am your host, Holu Jimmy. We're missing Mr. Francis today, but I am joined as usual by the man who loves to introduce himself. El Maestro. I will refrain from calling myself Nostradamus today. (laughs) The People's Champ, one of one, Papi Chulo, John Wick, El Chapo. Don't let all these names distract you from what 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 happened on Saturday, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Actually, that's a good segue. Speaking of what happened on Saturday, um, the game ended United three, <laughs> right team one. <laughs> Sides. <laughs> Yo, wow. we got that work. Um, Brighton beat us. So, for funny thing, funny stat is like the last team to beat us at home was Brighton, and they've done it again. First game of last season. Yep. So, on our two different managers, they've given us the work at home in back to back seasons. Um, but what, what, give... no, I think wasn't was it uh, the guy that got fired from Chelsea? Yeah, was Porter it... was the one last season. Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was surprised. I thought I thought he already joined. I no, because he joined kind of like a couple of games in, right? That's when Potter... Like, really? Okay, 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 that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, apparently we've lost to Brighton in the league, I think, four consecutive times. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard in the in the, pod, in the broadcast. It's like, kind of crazy. Apparently, yo, Brighton has given us work. <laughs> 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 Anyways, the game ran up Brighton, three, United, one. Um... <sighs> There are a lot of things to go through in this game, but I guess we'll just start with like the overall, like how the game played out. Um, I you could argue that all three goals were kind of in similar fashion, in which all of those goals look the same. Yeah, in which our midfield for some reason fails to come back to cover for the defense, and then you have like a an overlap in terms of like you know three players trying to guard like four players or you know or five players, and that's to me that's how all the three goals went. And for especially for that first goal, like you get the dummy from Pascal Gross, and no, no, that's the second goal. That's that's the second one. The first Aish. one is Walcott. No Walcott though. Sorry, Welbeck. Yeah, yeah, but it was passed like the ball got crossed in from that new guy. I can't remember his name. The black guy. The no. So the first. The first goal, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just me, like, yeah. not so not the skill, not the penalty, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about so, like, so, like, Pastor Gross did a dummy, Richford, yeah. Martinez, and then, yeah. um, what's his name? Welbeck scored a goal. You know what's funny? Like, if Welbeck wasn't even there, like, he had me to my right beside him, that would have just tapped that boy into either. So, he had yeah. two players that could have scored that goal, but, anyways, they gave us work. Um, Brighton were up by three goals within 60 something minutes. Um, with six shots on target. And this is a team that averages like around 22 shots in the first four games of the, of the season. So that should let you know how easy we made it for them to score us. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things I actually want to start with, with you, and again, when when I'm saying this, this is not me saying ETH out, but I feel like ETH has to have, there has to be some criticism of the way ETH sets up this team. And I'm not even talking about the, like the main setup, but I think for me, the thing that I noticed is the lack of like tactical changes that happens during the game because we started off great. The first 15 minutes, to me, arguably would be the best that I've seen the team play this season. And then Brighton's coach made a couple of adjustments. Uh, Warbeck War, War, War pulled towards the midfield a little bit. And then for some reason, ETH just failed to make adjustment. And we scored, the, we considered the first goal, we considered the second goal, we considered the third goal. It made no changes. And even some of the subs, for those who watched the game, they were booing um, the sub. Not because they were booing Tony Marshall for coming in, but because they were booing the fact that he took one of the player that one of the positives that were happening in the game. But I'll start with you, Larry. What are your thoughts on the fact that, again, this is not the first time we're saying this, that ETH, for some reason, fails to make like proper in-game adjustments 
when we're playing these kind of games. Like the first game against Wolves, we, I think we got lucky, but we won. We're like, okay, it's just the first game of the season. Second game, we played. Um, was it Arsenal the second game? Um, no, we lost to. We've lost oh, three games. Tottenham. We lost to Tottenham. We lost Tottenham, Tottenham. Yes. Second game. We're like, oh, it's just two games in the season. Third game, we lost to Arsenal. Fourth game, we were down two goals to a team to Nottingham Forest. We came back and won. Mm-hmm. And then this is the fifth game. So, like, we can't just say, oh, it's just, you know, it's anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm sure I'm in the minority here. And it's a shame that our boy Lollipop couldn't pop, <laughs> couldn't pop up today, you know. But I, I it's so. I'm trying to separate two things. Like, I think that game, I'm talking about the game against Brighton, yeah. is a very difficult pill to swallow. Because, again, you lose that game. You lose to Brighton. And I feel like Brighton is almost like a trigger for for United fans at this point. Not necessarily because we've lost to them, but because, at least in the United space that I live in, the United fans that I know, a lot of them look at Brighton and say, oh, their transfers, success, the way they play. So there's this... So basically, the fact, like, the consensus out there is that Brighton is a very well-run team, which is kind yes. of like the opposite of what United is at the, mo- at the moment. Exactly. So there's that part of it. And they're not a big team either that spends a lot of money. So it's like when you're losing to them as convincingly as you are, it's, it's, it looks even worse than losing to like an Arsenal or Spurs that yeah. we just talked yeah. about, right? And you lose that game at home, at home, right? But I also want to be fair in terms of aspects of the performance. Did we lose that game convincingly? A hundred percent. The thing that I would, I would talk about, like with regards to ETH, is I don't want to hear him well. It's not because I don't think we didn't play well. It's just because that's not the message I want to be hearing as a fan from my manager at that point in time. Now, if I look at the game itself, part of the reason why I I understand not making those changes is because we actually had a lot of chances in that game. And it's hard to think about it now because part of the thing that... So, okay, let me back up. I think with United, we cannot necessarily hold on to the fact that we had chances. In some of these games, we always have chances. Yeah. And it feels like there are aspects of the game that go against us. And I'm not talking about we are being cheated or anything like that. I mean, just, you know, like, look at the goal that Holland scored that got called back. I'm not even arguing whether rightfully or wrongfully. That's not the point. Just that was a very good team goal. Right, like when that goal went in, that's the kind of goal you want to be scoring. Rashford to Hoyland, crossing at the right time, getting the goal, all those kind of things. Right, and then that goal gets pulled back. That's going into halftime. That could have been one-one, and then maybe the second half is a little different. Right, you know, hitting the bar like some of the chances we had. So I think he's. I think from a coach's standpoint, he are looking at it and saying we are not out of the game in terms of the way that we are playing. The other thing that I noticed, especially in the first half, and to a lesser extent in the second half, because I think by then Brighton had asserted a little more control, we were winning the ball back in high areas off the press against Brighton. Right? It wasn't all the time, because you see some of the goals that they scored were long passages of play where they had good possession. But there were actually a number of times that we would win the ball in in high positions, and then we just wouldn't turn those into great goal-scoring opportunities or memorable goal-scoring opportunities. So again, I think from a coaching standpoint, he's probably looking and saying, this is what I anticipated, this is the way they played, they play, and this is how we can beat them, right? So for me, it's like, if you start hurrying to change something that in your mind is working, but you're not getting the desired end result, is the end result really going to change because you changed something? So if we are not finishing our chances or if we're not, you know, because um, I think as a coaching staff, what you're trying to do is put your players in good attacking positions and then give them the ability to say, okay, in this moment, this is what you're going to do and 
this is the chance you are going to get. So, for example, if the Zerbi sets up Brighton, but Welbeck doesn't score that goal, he shoots and he misses, or, um, you know, the, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Gross doesn't do the dummy that takes away Martinez and Lindelof and doesn't score that. And you actually saw that, like, when Ansu Fati came in, he had some of those exact chances that these guys had, you know, and he didn't score. So I think we are looking at it and saying, as the coaching staff, in the game itself, I'm saying there is some of this that is about the preparedness of the team, but there's also some of this that is about the confidence to finish some of those chances that we're getting. And um, I and I think I agree with you, like to some extent, in that, like, yes, I'm not saying he has to be like make changes like in the first 20 minutes, but I'm like, do you know what time we made the first substitution? <laughs> I guess that's my uh, point, and it seems mm-hmm. like that's something I have noticed with him. Like, what but, what but is gonna? If, but again, in that game, who do you take out? Like, even the subs, right? Like, I missed the beginning of the first second half. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the last thing I saw was the goal, and then I missed it like 10 minutes or something. But even in the second half, who do you take out? Because we took out Casemiro, and, you know, maybe... Well, he we took, took out individual... Boylan first, which I understand, because he said he couldn't play full, full, full 90, yeah. right? So I understand mm-hmm. that that um that switch. But I'm just like, if you're three... I guess at that point, we were 3-1 down. So, yeah. well, actually, he brought Hardenbaugh first. Was Hardenbaugh for Hoyland? Yeah, for, I think, for Casemiro. Okay, anyway, so, like, I'm, like, if you're going to, like, try and go for the game, like, you're not waiting mm-hmm. for 10 minutes left in the game to bring in, like, someone like Anacho, right? I guess yeah. is my point. Like, so, I, and I'm not even, like, I think one, one thing I will harp on is the fact that, like, he keeps saying, like, oh, they're saying ways they have to pay, they're saying ways they have to pay. If you keep saying that and then they go on the field and they don't do what you're telling them to do, then that, to me, that's back on you. Yes, I, I agree. And that's where, again, we go back to how are you preparing these players? Because you look at Brighton and you say, yeah, these guys, that's a well-prepared team. And that's, and there's right? something, because I listened to both press conferences after, there's something deserve said. I said, like, yes, we might change our players. The players might have different characteristics in terms of the way they play. But the way they all play in the team doesn't. The way the team plays in general would not change, even though they might offer something different. If that makes sense, I can't say I can say the same thing about United. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so to be fair, to be fair, and again for me, I know I'm probably the minority here. For me, I still want patience. Like I still want to give this team a chance, right? Like Brighton was losing, where not losing, where missing some of their key players. Yeah. Right. But we've seen that Brighton, like to your point, again, in terms of being a well-run club, they are able to bring in different players and still keep the same team because the strategy in terms of signing these players is very similar. And it's United very sound, is currently I guess. <laughs> missing something like 13 players. Right. And yeah. some of them are due to injury. Some of them are due to, you know, extracurricular non-footballing <laughs> reasons, right? And again, it's like every day there's something that's going on. Every day there's something that's going on. And I'm not trying to give the coaching staff a pass, but there's a lot of madness around this team right now. Like, you look at that that game, after that game, they said Wambasaka is going to be out for several weeks. Yeah. We so... already didn't have Amrabat in that game. To your point, that could have been a game you know, you were saying it in the preview that that could have been a game, the kind of game that maybe Amrabat comes in um, and gives us a few minutes. I think, or maybe you're saying that's about the Arsenal game. But, you know, that could have been the kind of game Yeah, that I was saying Arsenal, that about Arsenal because we in. signed him late, so he couldn't, he yeah. couldn't play for the Arsenal game. Like, yeah, you so know. that's what I was saying. But so I guess that also goes back to our, like, the way United is being run, right? Because it just seems... Because you would th- think yeah, about... 14 th- players is a lot, right? Like, 14 players is, like, even if those... Even if these, like... To give you some context, mm-hmm. Donny Beek was in the squad for this for this game, right? Donny should not be smelling a squad anymore. He should be, he should be out somewhere, you know. Like, and it's like Scott McTominay started this game, and I don't think Scott played badly. Like, I don't want to put it on him, but like you look at that first goal, for example. Yeah, he he didn't cover yeah, and, and it's like Scott, you are not really in this team for your vibes. 
you are not you're in here for your checkers. You are here for your energy. Like <laughs> that cannot happen, you know. And so for me, like, um, you lose something when you don't have these players. Like Bruno ended up playing on the right, which we've complained about. But it's like, you know, are you starting Pelestri there? Are you starting Garnacho there? He decided to go with Bruno, you know. And so for me, it's like. I'm not making the excuse of the players. I'm just saying that the turmoil, you know, after the game, there was a report that came out that they were fighting in the dressing room. Oh, I didn't even see that one. Yeah, apparently Bruno, I don't know how true this is. Let me put that out there first. But there was a report that came out that Bruno and Scott got into it and Martinez and Lindelof also got into it after the defeat, right? So for me, it's like, you're not just... A team that is like look at Arsenal for example, right? Arsenal is a team that is not necessarily playing the flashiest football at the moment, but yeah. they are winning. But they are winning, yeah. And nobody is talking like Havertz didn't start the last game, right? Uh, Rice is playing well. Uh, Jesus didn't start the last game, but nobody is talking about you know like maybe a few Arsenal fans here and there. But for the most part, it's quiet. Like nobody's talking about oh. Is Harvard going to be missing? Timba is out for the season. Is Harvard the right signing? Like, is right? Like, all these things. But with us, it's like... I'll use another example. Look at Chelsea. You know? Chelsea is even below us in the table. After spending more money than anybody, more money than certain leagues combined in the transfer window. But again, it's relatively quiet for Chelsea. Nobody is shouting. Nobody is making noise. But for us, it's not even just the losses. It's just... There is so much noise around the team. And for me, I think it's, it's hard to believe that that's not going to affect either the players themselves, the coaching staff, the way we play, the pressure that we are under. You know, again, when we lose, it's, it's very different. Like, we're bigger than every club in England, and it's not close. That's how you know. It's like when we lose, the conversation is different. It's not... It's not like all these reports are coming out, all these stories, because there's an appetite for the stories. And so for me, that's where I, I have, I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but just I'm looking at the team and I'm saying, you know, there are, there are conditions here that are very tough to thrive in unless you have a settled team in terms of the people that are playing that you have to pick every week. And in terms of the noise that is inside the dressing room, and outside the dressing room. I have a question for you. Yeah. Two questions, actually. Um, the first is, what do you think is going on with our defense? Because... Oh, that was going to be my next... Actually, my next... I was going to go into that because I was going to bring Onana into the conversation. Again, this okay, is not okay. me. I'll, I'll take that one. I'll okay. take that one. But let me ask you the other question. <clears throat> what did you think of Rashford's performance on Saturday? <laughs> Rashford... I don't know. Like, I think with Rashford is... I'm quite in two minds. Because, number one, I don't want to stop him from running at players. But, number two, you can't keep playing the same way you played last season. Because now you have somebody up front. So, that's my issue with Rashford. Like, Rashford... Because, look at... this. There's a few... Let, let, Rashford does a few things when, he, when he's on the ball. Right? Either mm-hmm. he runs to the byline and then pretends like he wants to shoot and cuts back in. Or he fakes like he's going to the byline, cuts inside, and then shoots. Right? And if I can see that, like, you don't think people watch film? <laughs> like, for mm-hmm. me, like, I think his default is always to shoot. Which, again, I get it because you've been, like, the guy providing goals the last couple of seasons. So I'm not even, like, faulting him for that. Like, this is what we needed from him last season, right? Because we had nobody that was going to score goals for us. But I'm just saying, like... It's, and I think one of the, the, the telling points is that run that Hoyland made in the second half where he just felt like Rashford just had blinders on. And that's not the first time he's done that. That's not the second time he's done that. And I'm not even talking about this game. Like, in general, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. YouTube compilations of Rashford just having tunnel vision. <laughs> right? And yeah. and to me, like, I feel like if you want to take that next level, I know we joke about Mbappe come outside, Mbappe come outside, Mbappe come outside, but one of the things that I think Bappe has over like Rashford or anybody else that you know, like that we want to prop up is that like like he knows he, like I don't think I think for me I think Rashford like already knows what he wants to do doesn't know what he wants to do when he goes into that place he just kind of like improvises Bappe seems like he knows 
what he wants to do is like, okay, if these guys go left, this is what I'm going to do. If he goes right, this is what I'm going to do, right? That's one the difference I see with like, his decision making for Mbappe is way, way higher than Rashford's decision making. And I don't know how we want to change that. I reckon it's on Itzich to try and change that. But does Itzich want actually want to change that about him? Or has he told Rashford to do something different and Rashford is not listening? I don't even know because you can say the same thing about the way the team plays on the field. Like, are they actually listening to the coaches in the training? Or are they just going out and vibing? Yeah. I Again, this is one of the ones where I know I'm in the minority about this. I actually really liked Rashford's performance on Saturday. Not because he did everything right, but to me, that was, again, not in terms of doing everything right or the final scoreline or deliverable, but in terms of the responsibility and saying, give me the ball, I'm going to do something. Yes, I agree with you there. That was one of the best, like, in terms of, because Rashford always did this thing. Okay, so first of all, for me, it wasn't just the responsibility. That's the first thing. But he actually successfully beat people a lot. Now, you can make the argument that there were some times where there were four people around him and he tried to do yeah, too much. It, yeah. But just that, like, cutting edge of every time you give me this ball, I'm going to be a threat. I think that's the beginning of being a superstar, is the responsibility and actually being that threat. I think the biggest difference between Rashford and Mbappe today better finisher. It's not to say Rashford is not a good finisher. It's just Mbappe scores some goals where so the the threshold right now, you look at Rashford and you say, oh, Rashford, that's not a good shot. Yeah. Right? You should pass that ball in that situation. Meanwhile, with Mbappe, that that like um, the the amount of grace that you give him or the margin for error so much more because Mbappe would take shots from some angles you know, like he will do a, a leg over, move away from the post and shoot and still score. Right? Yeah, like but, where but, the angle but looks... I think what you just said that is very, very, very optimal, like and still score. <laughs> yes. So no no no, but but like so when I come back to Rashford, there are a couple of things. One is that I agree with you, there's sometimes where I felt like okay, you can cross, but it's something you also said, like I think you don't want to discourage him too much. Because there's nobody else in the team that has that type of cutting edge. Yeah. Right? I agree like with you that... there. I agree. I, and that's why I said I don't want to, like, take that side of him mm. away. But there has to be some way to find a balance between you looking up, if you have two or three guys on you, yeah. and seeing what's available. Like, an assist is as good as a goal in that situation. Yes. Uh, the other thing, too, there are two other things, too, for me with Rashford is, one, he actually created a couple of chances for Hoyland. Now, where they, like... The way Hoyland plays, and we'll probably come to him at some point, it's amazing. Like, the little things that this guy does, it's so long. And it's crazy because he's so young. He shouldn't, you shouldn't be looking at him and saying, wow, this is what a striker actually fucking looks like. <laughs> because we've Tony, had Tony so many players. <laughs> Man, you know the thing is, if you watch Hoyland in the boxing team, it's there are little things that he does in terms of where, like even the way he runs, the way he sets up the defender so that he can get to the ball before the defender does. Because when you're running, like for him, he's running towards the post. The defender is also running towards the post, but the defender always has an eye on him. So the defender wants to try to get in between him and and the the ball. And you can constantly see him staying on the blind side of the defender. So the defender doesn't know, are you going to run in behind me and meet the cross at the back post? Or are you going to run in front of me and Rashford is going to cut the ball back and then you can just run in front of me and and cut in front of the near post, right? And I think that understanding will come with time. There were three chances that I remember that Rashford created for him. One, the one that was offside. There was another one that he crossed and and Hoyland was just like eight. A millimeter. I know the one you're talking about. I know. And then there was another one that was very similar to the um, goal where Hoyland tried to back heal it, but he missed it. I don't know if you remember that one. Rashford, you know the way Rashford gets to the byline, to the actual byline, and then caught the defender, and then he tried to cross it back to Hoyland. Hoyland tried to back heal it, but he didn't go. 
So it's not that he didn't create any chances for him. It's just that when you watch Hoyland, you are seeing that he's actually open and Rashford had so many was in that position so many times that yeah. I felt like okay, you could have you could have created a little bit more. But the last thing I'll say is if you notice in the goal that we scored that got taken away, I don't know if you saw the celebration when Hoyland scores, the first person, one of the first people to get to him is Rashford. Rashford. Yeah, yeah. And no, he's yeah. pointing at him like you know, like that's it, that's it, that's it. So yeah. I feel like no, I saw he, that. Yeah, I was like, that was a good moment, but I, I feel like that we could have had that moment that a goal that was taken away if he had just done a little bit. Again, I'm not trying to take away that aspect of Rashford. That is just let me fuck this defender up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to take that part. It's just that, like there has to just be a bad. If you, if he really wants to move to the next level and be known as one of the best wingers or best players in the world, like that. Those guys know how know when to pass that ball, know when to like. You know what I'm saying? Or either that, mm-hmm. or their their shot, their goal scoring accuracy is higher. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think like you said, that balance is is going to come. Like they're still going to be frustrating like this in terms of the output in some ways. But I think at this point in this United team, Rashford has more of a goal scoring burden on him than Hoyland does. Yeah. Like our primary you. goal scorer is Rashford, and I think that's the way he plays, right? Like, I think in terms of getting used to having Hoyland there and seeing, like, they're going to do film study, they're going to watch that, and then at some point, he's not even going to look to see if Hoyland is there. He's just going to trust that if I put this ball in this area, this guy is going to get there, right? And I think that that trust is going to come over over a period of time. Um so, yeah, for me, I, I actually really like, again, not everything about Rashford's performance, but just that responsibility and the drive, like the threat at all times. Like, Brighton could not contain him. Like, he, one-on-one, you can't, put, you can't leave yeah. Rashford with a defender one-on-one yeah. anymore. Like, now you need more than one person with him. And I feel like that is, if you, if you then start getting some of the other parts of the team, like you said, with Hoyland, with our midfield, now you are create because that's part of the problem we have with Anthony, you know, who away now. But when Anthony gets that one on one, he doesn't have that threat. The because defenders all he wants believe. to do is come to his left. That's yes. all and shoot. <laughs> and, and with Rashford, even when you think you know what he's going to do, he's that skill and that like burst is there in a way where you can see defenders are now like a little edgy. Like I can't just come at this guy anyhow. He can either use his pace or a little bit of skill. And his skill now is beginning to show. You can see him doing... Like, he did some like some skills in, in the last two games where you're looking at, you know. But even the Arsenal game, if you remember the goal that he scores, he doesn't score that goal if he's not being, like you said, kind of maybe selfish yeah, or single-minded but... about... I'm going to take on and I'm going to I'm going to finish. But I also think that Arsenal goal is a little bit different than some of the ones that we're talking about in this game, where like I, it was more like a one or one or one v two, not like three players around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? And he I got agree, the ball, he got the ball there so quick that the other guys could have come to him. So when he just made that like mm-hmm. shimmy, I went to his right, like it was there for him to shoot. It, yeah, I guess is what I'm I saying. Agree. Yeah. So I, so circumstances are different, and I agree with you. Like I don't want. I think we're saying the same thing. It's just I just need a little bit more from him if you're going to be mm-hmm. that player. I need a little bit more from you. Um, let's, I guess, as we bring, let's talk about the, the rate at which we're considering goals. <laughs> man. <laughs> let's uh, talk I, about. I'm weak, man. This is going to be like a combination of our defense, our new goalie, and our midfield to me. And again, this is not, we're not trying to go back and re, what's the word I'm looking for? Go back and talk about things that already passed. But I remember when we talked about this last season and we talked about what do you guys think is the first place we need to replace? And I said that Gia Timmins will be the last person that I think we need to replace. And the only reason why I said that is not because, like, I don't feel like Onana offers more to us. But I feel like if we don't fix the midfield and defense, it doesn't matter who you have in there. <laughs> you are still going to concede goals. Like, it's not like... Uh, I'll give an example. Like to me, I don't think um, City's goal goalie is like a good shot stopper. But the difference between City is because Emerson has less to do in terms of stopping shots than he would. Are you not, like you get what I'm trying to say? I'm actually mm-hmm. put Emerson in our team too. He will still consider his goals because like Emerson is there for his ball playing skills, not for his goalkeeping skills, which is what we've got in Onana. 
At least that guy will still, even though he will let in those like easy goals, he will still stop, stop some shots. I think on another. Nah, bro, stop. Like, I, and I've seen this narrative. Anyways. I do not agree at all. At all. I'm talking about Unana now. There were at least four shots that he saved. Like, again, we talked about, I told you about the Ansu Fati chances. Yeah. That were exactly like the other goals we conceded. Go and watch that game again. They were, in the second half especially. Well, I, actually, I, I didn't finish. Like, I, when it was already 3-1, I just, I stopped watching. Oh, okay. I had enough. Yeah, I, had enough. I didn't see enough of the Ansu Fati. Ansu yeah, no. To me, I can't look at... Okay, so there are a couple of things. One is... No, again, what I'm saying, I'm not blaming this on Onana. I'm just saying, like, it's yeah. a combination of the defense and the midfield. And the fact that it just seems like there's just enough, plenty of space in our midfield every time they counter us. I don't, like, it's the same thing we've talked about. Even through precision that Francis have been having on that. That midfield is like they don't get back. I, you know what I'm trying to say? If we lose the yeah, ball, no, first, I, I get what they you mean. don't get back and there's just space in there for them to do whatever they want to do. <laughs> and if we're seeing that, you can't tell me like ETH hasn't seen that. And you can't tell me it's because, oh, Messi Mount is not there. That's why he's still happening. You can't, you can't tell me that either. <laughs> because it happened so, with Mount there too. Yeah, I, I think it's to me it's alarming that we considered what we considered. Well, we're already on minus four three. goals, and it's just five games in the season. Three against Arsenal, three against Spurs. Or was it two against two against two Spurs. against Spurs, and then three three now. against Brighton, two against oh, Nottingham also two Forest. against Nottingham Forest, and then Wolves. But Wolves we got lucky. In Wolves gave their life, <laughs> right? But I think in almost every game where there are opportunities, it's like I, I'm struggling to figure out what's going on. I, I agree with you. Like when I look at, especially the nature of some of those goals, like you look at who is scoring these goals, right? Like Welbeck scored, but that goal was a goal where he ran for midfield to score. Yeah. Pascal Gross is also like an, you know, coming from midfield score. Yeah. Uh, Jao Pedro, I think that shot was from outside the box. Yeah, it was from outside the box. Yeah. Inside the box. Yeah, it was from outside. So the box. for me, it's like this again. These goals almost look. Are like very similar where the crosses are coming in, but they are not coming in into the area where you want Rashford to put it for Hoyland, for example. It's coming, coming behind the difference. Just a little behind. And yes. I think the and reason why that is because they know that our di- like that place is open, right? It's like why you think of Odegaard's goal against um United. Same That's thing. how that goal was scored yeah. as well, right? So for me, it's like I'm looking at this team and I'm wondering like why. Why are why are these deficiencies so? Because again, Brighton. To be honest with you, aside from these chances that I'm talking about, I feel like they almost scored with their first like two or three chances. I feel like honestly, I if I feel like Brighton didn't even have to go into like third gear or anything to beat us. I, like I said, they had only six six shots, three goals. Eh, lock shot. <laughs> and like of the six shots, I'm even talking about like some of those shots where. Like where one-on-one chances that Onana saved us. Like I can think of at least two or three. I think well, I know there was from one, Party, one from like Pedro. One yeah, like saved Yeah, this is when they were through one up, right? Like when we yeah. started trying to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I remember that one before I stopped watching. Yeah, and so for me, it's just like why defense was like offensively we struggled last season and we are struggling again this season. But defensively, is it personnel? Like, I don't think Martinez has been as good last season as he, as he was this season. I also think another person who we're not really talking about, who hasn't been the same since he came back from his last red castle special, is Casemiro. Oh, I forgot. You know what? I actually, when, when I was thinking about the question, I actually thought about Casemiro. Because that's yeah. one... Because before that last, before the couple of last, last before the last two suspensions, we were talking about oh, every time Casemiro plays, we don't lose. Yes, you remember last season? I, I know, I remember. I <laughs> like remember. this and is I so, think... to me like post Carlin Cup <laughs> victory, like something has just gone wrong with this team. Yeah, I think when I think of because you always think when people talk about the spine of a team, yeah, you talk of the defense midfield, the the defense the the defensive midfielder and then the striker because those are like yeah. a straight line from each other. And I can say, okay, I, for me, I've really liked Onana, but Martinez and especially Casemiro. I'm I, again, I, I'm I always want to be patient. I don't think Casemiro this time last season 
I don't think Casemiro had even started playing for us. But no, so basically, only had like like two months of good games for us. If you think about it, since he joined us. Uh, post World Cup, he was still a little. Where was where was where was Carling Cup? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like I think the last, like after Carling Cup, I don't think he has really impressed me. Like he might have had like a few games here and there, but like if you look at the overall like number of games he played and his the way he's been, his levels have dropped. His levels have dropped for sure. Like in terms of, there were two things that Casemiro did last season that were magnificent when he was in good form. His ability to read where the danger was going to be. Mm-hmm. That's one. And then his ability to act once that danger was identified. That like the There's one more you're leaving. The ball. I have never seen so many players run past Casemiro in my life. And the third one is the ability, once he now intercepts that ball, to link up real quick, move the ball forward. Oh, and his passing. I forgot Yo, about his, his passing. His passing has gone. Yo, his, his passing, passing has been horrendous. <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> horrendous like and again it's 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 now five games into the season it's hard for me like you know i i don't want to talk about you know uh amrabat coming into this team and saying but like hannibal came into that game i'm not even talking about the goal that hannibal scored i felt like i could i saw a little bit more of an impact from hannibal than i saw from casemiro in the time that he was in that i didn't want to be the one to bring that up but (laughs) you know and so for me it's like i don't know if this is you know i don't know if it's you know pre-season related injury related or you know this is just who he is now um i want to still give him the benefit of doubt but i think we are getting to a point where, um, and and again, it, you can know, I, can I ask a question? Bent. Do you think he has yeah. again? This I know he didn't play well towards in the last season, but do you think this has something to do with the formation change? Because last season we played four two three one, right? And this season we're yeah, playing a little we bit more. With... No, nah, this week this weekend we played with two midfielders in like sitting positions. We played with um, Ericsson. but Ericsson... Also, I'm not there. yeah, Ericsson, mm-hmm. yeah, Ericsson is on that turn style, like. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but because think... you know what, I'm, you know what I'm saying is like last season, mm-hmm. like we had a lot more games with Fred and people who had more energy, right? If that makes yeah. sense. So I don't know. Do you think he has anything to do with that? But because I, I, I can't no, explain. I don't think so. I don't I think explain because... why. Like he's just down to like I, I won't say down yeah. to. It's not that it'll be harsh, but like he's just I don't know. He's just like night, night and day. I feel like we've no, seen more I... bad Casemiro than we've seen more good Casemiro since joining. hundred percent. And and I think the, the the reason why I can't go to Ericsson at the moment is because when the things that we're talking about when we say bad Casemiro, they are visually obvious to us. It's different if you are they're playing one twos around you, and it's like you cannot yeah. physically catch up to the ball because it's so quick. Like the ball is always faster than the man. So if I play one two around you and you're overcrowded, it's very hard for you to intercept. It's another thing if people are running at you and passing you. Or then what he does is that he does his last ditch tackle where he just jumps. Yeah. <laughs> and the last ditch tackle is not getting anywhere. And it's like last season, that tackle was coming off and it wasn't even last ditch. <laughs> he was getting that tackle without sliding necessarily. Yeah. And when he slides, it's like, okay, he's still getting it, but it's last ditch. Now, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season saying that like, Oh, Casemiro is going to get some red cards. The way he's playing, he can't even get red cards. You can't even catch the man to, to tackle him. You're not getting any red cards this way, you know? So for me, uh, I'm a little worried, but I don't want to overreact yet. Like, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of our players, you know, again, coming back. I, at this moment, you can't even put Casemiro on the bench because there's just nobody else that can that Yeah, can play. that's true. You know? And so it's like, I like Hannibal, but I'm not... Yeah, I'm not ready for him. Yeah, those, none of those guys on our bench are really ready to start. Yeah. Well, I guess that that will bring us to our overall point at the beginning of this podcast. It's just the way United is being run, where it just seems like we don't... I don't know how who our scouting is or who is, but we're just very terrible when it comes to scouting and players that we buy. No, like, but again, it's like 14 players. Like in midfield alone, Mount is out. But I guess uh, my point is Mano like, is didn't really play, like okay, when Mount played, I like yeah. there's 
you get what I'm trying to say? I, I didn't really see like this huge improvement because Mount was in the team. It's, I guess it's my point. Yeah, but but he's still a player for us that is like, again, we're talking about early season form, right? It's still like if you have a settled squad, like if you if and ETH is the kind of person that likes to play the same team. So if you are playing a settled squad, you can survive maybe one or two players coming out of the team and going back in and then replacing those. But if you are now replacing, you know, like again, Hoyland played 60 minutes. This is our first time. This is his first time starting a game. Lindelof came into the team. Reguillon came into the team. Dalo come, came into the team. Reguillon right, like, impressed me. I, I don't know about you. Did you what? I liked what he offered for us going forward. Oh, Reguillon was one of our maybe the man of the match. And I was impressed. I'm like, yo, this guy just got here two minutes ago. How does he look? <laughs> and at, from an attacking standpoint, defensively, I don't remember yeah. him too much. Yeah. Attacking. The confidence which he was using to like, beat a man. just moving, like, and he was going into space. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yo, like, yeah. where is everybody? Like, hi, somebody who just got here two minutes ago is already like doing this. And and don't get me wrong, I think it also helps that he has Rashford ahead of him. Yeah. So if Rashford is a threat, it's like Region almost becomes not an afterthought, but he's going to find himself in a lot of space because the defenders have to respect him. If it's Bruno on the other side with Dalo. I'm not saying that Lou didn't have a good game. I thought he had a decent game. But it's like the spaces might not be as available because... Or even, even if it's under for Bruno, the spaces might yeah, not be Yeah, exactly. You know, but I thought our fullbacks had like pretty decent games in that, in, in, in the game, um, in, in, in the game against Brighton. But just in general, like we don't have that settled squad because we have so many injuries. I'm not even talking about Anthony or Sancho. You know, just even talking about the people that are injured, Varane, um, Mount Meno again, Meno might not have been a starter, but at least he, he was he was somebody that Ten Hag was poised to become like yeah. to come into the team, like maybe play he, like he's playing that game instead of Scott McTominay yeah. on, on, on Saturday, right? So, again, I want to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. There's no way we should not be better than we've been, and obviously, we have this game coming up against Bayern Munich on Wednesday in Munich. <laughs> And and I think the pressure is on already. Like you can already see people like yeah. there are countless articles already I'm seeing this week where people are talking about Ten Hag. Is he the man for United? You know, the narrative switches so quickly, man. Again, is he the man for United already? Is he is he like overrated? You said, this is what, this, this is what comes with the territory. Yeah. Like you like you were like you're so quick to talk about players and being ready for. Like this is if you're gonna take the coaching job, this is what comes with it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, like I like I said, I feel no. If if you are talking about it, like I feel this is part of the job. Like mm-hmm. you have to deal with it. You have to find a way to manage the squad and also manage the narrative out there. That's just what it is <laughs> when it comes to United. Um, but anyways, let's just move on to our game on midweek game. Champions League is back. How many seasons have we been out of champ? Two seasons, right? Or three? No, we're in Champions League last season now. Was it last season or was it the season before? I think it was the season before. We're no, the season fight. before. Because Ronaldo, remember, I remember Ronaldo scoring for us in Champions Oh, then we went to the finals because we went to Europe, the finals. Dude, did we go to the finals and lost? No. That was the season before. That was the season before, I think. That's when Oli we got fired. Yeah, Oli got fired the season we were in Champions League. Oh, and it brought Because Oli was the one that brought Ronaldo, remember? Ragnick so and uh, actually Ragnick... Ronaldo. I know we laughed at Ragnick, but like when he said uh, United need an open heart surgery, I don't think he was very, very far off. <laughs> I, again, I, this is something that's come out. I don't know. See, the thing is, I just think there are a lot of. I, I don't think it helps that there are too many unknowns with this team right now. I'm not, again, not just talking about the team on the on the field. There's a lot that is happening behind. Like again, not talking about Anthony or Sancho or Greenwood. Just even thinking about, like, is United up for sale or not? Yeah, but you I know, think, like, like, to me, like, when he says that, like, I think it just encompasses, like, the whole, like, organization. Yeah, so it just, like, yeah. The, the yeah, like, you have, if, you can, if you don't fix the heart, then the, the entire body doesn't, like, it ceases to function. <laughs> yeah. I so agree, you, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's that's the perspective I'm looking at it from. I'm not talking about the fact that you said you needed like 20 players or whatever you said. But I'm just talking about yeah, like yeah. the idea of like until you settle like the organization as a whole and put things in place, like director of football, proper director of football, proper scouting people, and having like a philosophy or the kind of players that you want. Like none of this is gonna like I don't think if no matter how much it teach, like 
patches this thing. If you don't fix like the heart, like you know, in quotes, it's not going to change. We're still going to get leaks here and there. <laughs> We're going to yeah. get everything. So, anyways, on to Bayern on Wednesday. Champions League is back. Um, we are away to Bayern. Even though Bayern hasn't really had the best start to the season. Just because the way United has missed it, I really don't see how we're going to come away with it, with a point or a win in that game. Like, you know, I hate to like really want to, to say United is going to lose because I hate doing that. But like, I don't know, maybe you see it differently how we're going to play when we go away. It, it's a tough one for, to be sure because one, we're playing in Germany. Um, and then two, it's just like, what team is, what exactly. team are we going to, like who, who is playing? <laughs> you know, who is going to play that game? Is Marshall going to start that game? Is Scott McTominay going to start that game? You know, if we are talking about Bruno and Scott fighting and Martinez and Lindelof yeah. fighting, and you know, are, are we again? Wambasaka is now out for a few weeks, for several weeks. You know, so now our we only have the only fullbacks we have are Dalo, Dalo and Region, and they're not starters for us. In fact, Region was not even on this team until the final day of the transfer. Yeah, and Wambasaka was starting over Dalo. And Wambasaka was starting over Dalo, you know. And so it's like, even just thinking about what a good result is in this game based on the team that we have available to us, I, I don't even know. I don't I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for I was I was waiting for that uh, maestro enthusiasm, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I think you know, Bayern, Bayern away is not like bracketing at home or going like that's a very tough game. Yeah. Well, I guess this is what you get when you're in the Champions League, man. This is not like the Europa like Sevilla. Or... This is 100%. It's, it's, it's the Champions League. Like this is where the big boys play. So you need to strap up and get in there. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> and try and get the job done. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be out, or you're going to be back in Europa League. <laughs> so, so the the one thing that I feel like might help us, so there 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 are a couple of things that can help us. I I can see us getting a result in this game, not necessarily a win, but just like a draw, a result. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that ETH has some experience with playing in Champions League, and some success, like obviously he's never won Champions League, but just being able to, you know, do well with Ajax, for example, or yeah. some, you know, just I think that that helps. Um, the thing that I think gives me a little concern is that I don't feel like our players are playing with confidence and belief at the moment. I think and, there's that, and I don't think because, like I said, I don't think they're also playing. The way Tich wants him to play, because there's certain times where Tich come out of the press conference like, "Oh, you need to play like uh, the proper football." Like, I can't remember what the exact language. I have the rules. Yeah, the rules the of rules. football, and I'm like, "Is this the rules that I, are... <laughs> I haven't seen the rules in the first five games?" <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I think that that's where it is. It's like you can't. Bayern is not the place you go to make mistakes. <laughs> and this team, you know, again, it's we're hot and cold, especially away from home. We've shown a propensity that when we concede, the down tools, yeah. we are like, yes, like we start spiraling in terms of, you know, it's like the players start getting in their heads. And but when we're at home, it seems like we can manage it better. But again, away from home, we've we've struggled with keeping our heads in the game when things are not going our way. Well, let's jump right into it. Like you know, again, we don't know who's going to start, but we'll try our best to name our lineups. I'll go first. Um, Onana and go. Um, Dalo, Lindelof, Martinez, um, Regulon, Cas- Casimiro. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'll go Ericsson. Casimiro, Ericsson, Bruno, um, Rashford, Hoyland, because he got subbed off. And I think you should start Tony Marshall on the left. Sorry, on the right. Yeah, that's my life. Because I think that's when he made his subs, Tony was moving, was on the right. Anyways, yeah. So that's my lineup. What about you? Um, hmm. I know, like, it's weird because it, it, there are links for Scott McTominay to buy and that won't go away. Like, it's as of yesterday. They should come and take Oh, it. no, maybe today, actually, that I'm still seeing that Bayern is very interested in Scott McTominay. So that's that's one to watch. Maybe we should 
play him so that they can. <laughs> I'm going to start Scott in this game just because I think we need an abundance of midfielders. I don't think we're going to put us an attacking lineup for this game. Um, and Scott, obviously, you know, there were moments again, that first goal, I felt like he, 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 he didn't follow his responsibilities to the, all the way to the end. And that's why Welbeck was able to score. But, I think overall he still gives us a little more energy and legs in this in this in the in the team. So I'm going to go Onana, um, Maguire. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm going to go Lindelof and Martinez, uh, Region and Dalo in midfield. Casemiro, Scott, Eriksen, Bruno Fernandez on on the right. Rashford on the left and Hoyland in in attack. Um, before I give my prediction, before we go to predictions, I just wanted to quickly talk about Hoyland or just say like, man, for somebody that has only started one game for us, a game I and, cannot, game and, change, and, like, and, like and 20 minutes. years, yeah. man, it's, it's remarkable. Just even his hold-up play is remarkable, yeah. but the whole the the running in behind, like when when we're on the counter, the just aggression that he runs with, man, like nah, it's 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 almost like I, I and again I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, yeah, I, I've almost forgotten what a striker looks like. To be very <laughs> honest with you, like I that's the feeling that I got when I was watching him was wow. Wow, like people can hold up ball like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope we well, let's hope we know what to do with him. And I'm, when I say we, I mean like the players around him, right? Because there's no there's no point making those runs if you're not gonna feed him. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, scoreline prediction: I will be hopeful, and I'll go one-one to a draw in this game. Like we need a point in this game because we need to hold off as long as possible until we get our boys like the full team back. So this is just me wishful thinking, but one one to United. What about you? First of all, I'm going to give Lollipop's prediction on behalf of him. <laughs> I know he's not here to, to defend himself, but you know I can read that nigga's mind like chess. You know? <laughs> I know what this nigga would say. So I would I would do Lollipop's first. So Lollipop's prediction would have been two one to Bayern Munich. That's actually very like yeah, <laughs> and then I'm going to give my own score prediction and I'm going to go 2-2 in a draw in Munich expect some late goals at the end of that game <laughs> and you could take that to the bank, bank <laughs> cash, man, <laughs> cash money records <laughs> just tell them how Maestro sent you they know me you know they know me everywhere just, you know, any local bank will take that take <laughs> Anyways, um, this brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, thank you, as usual, for listening. Give us a follow on socials at What We Fred You Do on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also, rate and review us. You can now do that on Spotify as well. Five stars only. Anything less than five stars. Keep it to yourself. You all know the vibe. Mm-hmm.